Okay, you ready? I am. Are you? Wait, how do I how do I how do I get ready for this? Um, do I have to like like turn around three times and like spit over my shoulder? Listen, it's dark out, and I'm sorry. It might be a little spooky. I'm I'm here for it. Okay, are you kidding me? I listen to spooky shit when it's dark all the time. Hey there. Hey, and welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Let's talk about some shit. You know. I'm going to be sorry. Wait, hi. <laughs> Hello. How art thou? Oh, I was just gonna. I'm so excited to tell you about. it. I was just gonna dive right in without saying anything to our viewers. We should probably not viewers, listeners. This sucks. <laughs> uh, maybe we should be like, hey, welcome to Wonder Binge. Oh, hi, whatever. welcome to Wonder Binge. I'm Maria. I'm Jen. We're, this is a podcast. This is where we talk about things that you've probably like thought about, wanted to know about, but never actually like bothered looking into. So we're gonna tell you about it, so you don't have to do it yourself. Hell yes, I find this thing very fascinating. I was really excited to look it up. I found so much information. You know, I was gonna like ask how you were, but I don't think you want to tell me how you are. I think oh, you just want to tell me about this thing. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm how good, are you, Jen. Well, I had a thing happen at work. Is it that you taught your boss how to floss? Not his teeth. The dance move. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's not the thing I was referring to, but that's a pretty damn good one. Did you move my water bottle, you hussy? Excuse me? <laughs> hussy? You armadillo. What are you talking about right now? Are you from the fucking 40s? What is this? I'm about to be from the 40s. Oh, is your topic from the 40s? Well, you wanted me to go in chronological order, and I our first did. entry is from 1939. Do you, do you not want to talk about anything from your life? I don't know, like... Um, I made the mistake of literally moments ago remembering that tomorrow is my first day at a new job, so now I have anxiety, so if I start talking kind of nervous, it's not because I'm nervous about the podcast, it's because I made the mistake of remembering that I have a significant life event happening in the morning. That's, not after, yeah, not pretty... the morning, evening. I don't have to go until 4.30. Okay. Oh, so you've got time to sleep in and sleep off I've the got anxiety. time to have anxiety. Unfortunately, it's not a wake up, have anxiety, get there, and quickly get over it. It's a wake up and have anxiety for the majority of the day. Oh. <laughs> and then go there. I see. Yeah. So it's not... Yeah, it's kind of shitty. Everything's fine. Well, tell me about the spooky thing. Maybe you'll stop thinking about it. Oh my god, I'm so excited for the spooky thing. All right, 1930s. Send me back in time right now. Okay. Do you want to try and guess I, what this might be? I feel like... A- Current, like a, a current event that's like oh no you were oh you were so close in your first syllable <laughs> <laughs> i got excited i thought you were gonna like say it is it okay is it like mythological no wait what were you about to say is it like a current event that's okay in, take like, the building? first syllable of that the, it's, a, it's cur- a, a cuckle <laughs> no first syllable of current is cur cur do you know what a syllable is <laughs> i don't english good current cur it's a curse. curse. <laughs> We're talking about a curse. We're talking about many curses. Just curses in general? No, not curses in general, baby. We're talking about movie curses, baby. <gasps> Ooh. Cursed films and film sets and productions. That is cool. Through time. And you asked for chronological, so we're starting with The Wizard of Oz in 1939, baby. Holy shit, yes. So, before I actually start. I just want to say, I found five sources of these things. They were all, like, list articles, and then I did do a bit of deep diving for more cross-referencing in, like, Wikipedia to, like, check people's deaths and stuff. Uh My main source was Ranker.com. I cross-referenced against a Cracked article, a 13th Floor article, Looper, and BuzzFeed. 
I try to put things in my own words, but a lot of this is like copy pasted from those lists. Okay. I just want to know about the things. I don't care about your plagiarism. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Actress Judy Garland. Dorothy. We, we stand. She became a cinematic legend playing Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz, but her personal life proved rocky after the film, in large part due to abuses heaped on her by the studio. Oh, yeah. So she suffered four divorces, Holy shit. a string of infamous insecurities and neurosis, financial instability, addiction struggles, and then she passed from an overdose at age 47. The same day a tornado happened. Yes. God, this curse. Okay, so four months after the movie was released... Frank Morgan, who played the wizard, was involved in a serious car accident. He was left largely unharmed, but his wife Alma suffered a crippling knee injury that would plague her for the rest of her life. And his chauffeur died. In the in the crash? Yes. Fuck, man. Morgan passed in 1949, never seeing the film become a staple of television and an all-time childhood favorite. He died before the film became mainstream. Wait, and who was he again? I'm sorry? He played the wizard. Um, His name was Frank Morgan. Okay. He played the wizard, the doorman, the balloon guy... He, he had a bunch of parts. All in The Wizard of Oz. All in The Wizard of Oz, I yeah. never noticed he was anyone but the wizard. Oh, he was all over the place. Holy shit. He was so many characters. So Uncle Henry and Auntie M met with Bad Luck Following Oz. Charlie Grapewin, who played Henry, passed in 1956, just before the film debuted on television. And television is where the film became big. Right. So he died right before it went to its, like, oh, heyday. He didn't get to see it go heyday. He didn't get to see it go into heyday. Clara Blandick, who played Auntie M, ended her own life when she was 81 years old. Oh my god. That's so sad. Yeah. So all of those things were after the film released. Right. The production of The Wizard was similarly troubled. Several actors playing flying monkeys accidentally broke the wires holding them up and crashed down to set. But they did have a net to prevent grievous injury. Okay, good. The actress playing the Wicked Witch of the West, Margaret Hamilton, a lot of people know this one. Margaret Hamilton was badly burned while filming a scene in which she explodes into flames. So there's a scene in The Wizard of Oz where the Wicked Witch, like, bursts up in flames to, like, disappear. Mm -hmm. And Margaret Hamilton was supposed to go down on a trapdoor behind it. And the explosion was too close to her face and she got really badly burned. When she took time off to recover, a stand-in tried to replicate the stunt in her stead. So, like, they tried to get a photo double to redo it, and the stand-in got burned in the same way. What the fuck? So, so they wait, didn't did really the, improve it. Did the trapdoor just not work, or did was no, the... No, the, the fire was too close to her. Oh my god. So the flame went up, and she went down, and they met in the middle. Oh man. And the same thing happened to the stand-in when they tried to redo it. That is fucked. Um, old technology. This is another one that a lot of people know of. The original Tin Man, Buddy Ebsen, a.k.a. Jed Clampett, was almost killed by the aluminum powder used for his makeup as the Tin Man. Whoa. And he was forced to leave production for an iron lung. And perhaps the most tragic of all, Toto broke a paw. <gasps> that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That was Wizard of Oz. Do you have any insights have, on Wizard of I Oz I have commentary on? on that. I do, okay. actually. Yeah, so... When the film was first released, it got a lot of backlash, and, like, the critics were saying, like, this is shit, and blah, 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 like, mm-hmm. this film sucks. And, like, you mentioned with Judy Garland right in the beginning, like, the director was a dick to her. Yeah. Like, I've heard a few stories of, like, I, this is the one I remember most, like, she got kind of a case of the giggles on set, and he came up and slapped her in the face. Yeah. Like, you, you cannot do that. So it was an abusive directing and production environment to be in, but also... I feel like because the film got such a bad rating, that may have 
you know, production staff and the performers may have internalized that. Like, that's kind of a big blow. And especially after being in such an abusive situation, like, not really getting any satisfaction from that and any validation from that. It may have set the tone for a lot of the rest of their life, maybe. Yeah. And like I said, a couple of the actors in it passed before it went on to television where it became such a huge hit. Right. Yeah. So when they passed away, they were under the impression that they were in a flop film. Yeah. Which super sucks. And that really probably, like, hurt their psyche a bit. Mm -mm. Shit. All right. Uh, What else you got? Next up, Rebel Without a Cause, 1955. Okay. Rebel Without a Cause introduced the world to a variety of young actors, many of whom met grim fates in the years following the film's release. So most famously, uh, star James Dean perished while racing his Porsche 550 Spider before the film's release at the age of 24. He didn't even get to see the film come out. He was 24 years old. That's a shame. He became one of the most recognizable and beloved actors of his generation, despite only making three films. He could have made so many more. I've heard James Dean's name so much in my lifetime. Uh I didn't know he only made three films. Yeah, it's crazy. We're 23. Yeah. So we're going to crash next year. Because we're so famous. Please don't. (laughs) Um, So James Dean's co-star Natalie Wood drowned in unusual circumstances in November of 1981. She, her husband, Robert Wagner, and their friend, Christopher Walken. The Christopher Walken, yes. A god? No, giant monkey. (laughs) Had gone to Catalina Island for a weekend and were staying on a yacht. So it's believed that Wood woke up at some point during the night and tried to get off of the boat, causing her to slip, fall, and drown. Her body was found floating face down nearby, and she was wearing only a jacket, a nightgown, and socks. So a witness from another yacht later recalled hearing Wood crying for help, and it was ignored by someone else on the boat. The incident was deemed an accidental drowning, but suspicions of foul play have always surrounded the case, and Wood's sister, Lana, has made attempts to get the L.A. County Sheriff's Department to reopen the investigation. So I have I knew about this case. You can actually hear more about it um, and like the mysterious circumstances surrounding it on an episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Okay. Which I, I absolutely love BuzzFeed Unsolved so much. Yeah, it's so fun. Ryan and Shane are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they talk about, like, the weird things surrounding it, some of Christopher Walken's statements regarding it, and also Natalie Wood notoriously had a fear of water, so it didn't make sense for her to get up in the middle of the night and try and get off the, like, get into a buggy and go to land alone. Yeah. she was afraid of water. Or so it doesn't her, make a lot of sense. Well, her fear may have propelled her to do that. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it may it's, have been like an pretty, adrenaline thing. Definitely watch the episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved. It's really funny. Okay. So another rebel actor. Wait, hang on. Oh, real quick. You said it's really funny? It's funny that a woman died? <laughs> it's very interesting, but also Shane Madej is a comedic genius and I love him. Okay. So, <laughs> so another rebel actor, Sal Maneo, passed five years before Wood after being stabbed in an alley in West Hollywood. Fuck. He was 37. Oh, Did he have a family? Did he have a family? I'm sure he had a mom. Did he have any pets? <laughs> did he have a hobby? <laughs> okay, so finally, in a last bizarre twist on the rebel curse story, Beverly Hills orthopedic surgeon Troy McHenry fitted his own car with parts from the Porsche Spider in which James Dean passed. A year later, he perished when his Porsche Spider hit a tree. Whoa. There is a separate curse surrounding the Porsche Spider. That car killed James Dean. Uh-huh. And then parts of it were sold off and every person that has purchased a part from that car has had 
issues slash serious injury slash death involving those parts or involving the car that they fitted those parts with. My God, it's like the blue diamond. It's crazy. So you can actually hear more about that story on episode 52 called Cradle Will Fall of Aaron Mankey's Cabinet of Curiosities. Ooh, I love Aaron Mankey. It's so cool. I wonder if it's another psyche thing. Bad luck follows the car. I wonder if it's another psyche thing. I'm like... When it comes to this, I genuinely believe that the car is cursed. Huh. Okay, so next up we have Rosemary's Baby. Okay. In 1968. So director Roman Polanski's deeply upsetting film about a pregnant woman who may be in the thrall of a satanic cult carries with it a number of unsettling stories from behind the scenes. Okay. Most famously, in March of 1969, only a year after the movie's release, Polanski's wife, actress Sharon Tate, was ritualistically killed by the Manson family. What? She was eight months pregnant with the couple's first child at the time and was stabbed 16 times. The former owner of their house in Beverly Hills was music producer Terry Melcher, who had previously refused to record Manson's music. So in retaliation, Manson ordered his cult to go to Polanski's house where they killed Sharon Tate, her unborn baby, and four others, stabbing the victims multiple times. God. After the murders, one of the killers, Susan Atkins, took a rag, soaked up some of Tate's blood in a towel, and wrote pig on the front door with it. <gasps> it's one of the most famous Manson murders. I mean, yeah, I like that sounds familiar, mm-hmm. but it, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. Holy shit. Only a year after the movie's release, it was the director's wife and unborn child. Oh my God, that is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the producer, William Castle, received a letter while making Roseberry's baby, which read, Bastard, believer of witchcraft, worshipper at the shrine of Satanism. My prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness, which you have brought upon yourself. So immediately... Oh, so creepy. Oh. I know, right? Immediately following the film's production, William Castle suffered painful gallstones, eventually requiring a series of treatments and surgery. As he was being admitted one time, he reportedly called out, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Wow. For one of his various treatments. Um, And he later died of a heart attack in 1977. My question is, like, how did he, did he actually bring that on himself? Like, was his health super bad or something? That he was having all these issues? It was gallstones. Yeah, which is... That caused all the issues. Right. I think when I was having uh, my appendix problems, like, before I got it removed, they were looking for gallstones. Yeah. Yeah. The the pain is similar. But what she, if I remember correctly, what she said is, like, it could be brought on by bad health. So, like, if he was unhealthy and not caring about Mm -hmm. it, then he kind of did bring it upon himself. That Like, I don't know, but that's why it caught me. I was like, what kind of horrible disease can you bring upon yourself? (laughs) And that's, like, that's where my brain went. Okay, damn, son. Just attack this dead man. I'm not, I'm not attacking. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand how true that weird ass letter was that he got. Okay. So, um, apologies in advance for my definite mispronunciation of this name, but composer Christoph, 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 (laughs) listen, here's how it's spelled. K-R-Z-Y-S-Z-T-O-F. So I'm just going to say Christoph. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Composer Christoph Kometa died after being pushed off of a steep slope at a drinking party and suffering head injuries, including a hematoma, which killed him at the age of 37. He was also in Rosemary's Baby. He was the composer. He was the composer. It ha- This happened one year after making the film and is c- coincidentally the same way a character in the film dies. 
Ew. 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 That's gross. Mm -hmm. Please stop. Oh my god. And finally, Rosemary's apartment building in the movie is the same building that Beatles member John Lennon was shot and killed at. Whoa. Ooh, weird. Castle later wrote in his memoirs that it felt like Rosemary's baby was coming true in real life and that the cast and crew were being stalked by witches. (laughs) I hate that. Next... We have The Exorcist. Yes! Oh my god! I was so waiting for that. I was so waiting for that. Okay, go on. Yes, I'm really excited. This is the movie that I watched the entirety of while you sat at the foot of my bed because I needed to find a sound clip and you will hear that sound clip. One article said that while one should not automatically assume that a horror movie should be cursed, seeing The Exorcist on a list of cursed movies is kind of like finding pickles in a pickle jar. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. (laughs) So surrounding the film are nine deaths from the casting crew. A night watchman and a special effects expert both died during production, but as far as what happened to them has been unreported. Why? Do you know why? Maybe the families wanted to keep it private. I don't know. But those two are a mystery. That is spooky. And there were constant electrical problems on set. The location trip to Iraq was pushed from spring, when the weather is milder, to summer, the hottest part of the year, which meant that half the crew were struck down with sunstroke and dysentery. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The set for the home in which most of the movie takes place burned down. Yeah, I knew that one. A yeah. mysterious fire ruined the set while no cast and crew members were around, which caused a six-week delay in production. There was only one room that went untouched, and that was the bedroom belonging to Reagan, played by Linda Blair. Is that important? Reagan is the possessed child. Whoa. Actress Linda Blair injured her back when some rigging failed okay. during some of the scenes where she was levitating. Ellen Burstyn, who played her mother, was so badly hurt during a take that the issue plagued her for decades after filming wrapped. So this is the clip that I'm going to show you. Okay. You can decide if you want to hear it after I tell you this bullet point or when we're done the exorcist section. Tell me before. So the scream when possessed Reagan throws her mother to the ground is real. Blair had apparently had a mental breakdown during filming and attacked her on-screen mother. The scene where Reagan throws her mother across the bedroom resulted in a permanent spinal injury. Though she was on a harness, it broke and she landed on her coccyx. Today, that take is used in the film due to Chris's scream being too real and convincing because it was actually the scream of a woman hitting the ground and getting a spinal injury. Would you like to hear the scream? Oh, sure. Are you ready? No, play it. (laughs) It is the real scream of a woman breaking her coccyx. Uh, Here it is again. Fuck. Oh, that sounds horrible. And it's used in the film. Meanwhile, the son of Jason Miller, who played Father Karras, was seriously harmed when hit by a motorcycle during production. Actor Jack McGrowan, who played Burke Dennings, and actress... You can do it. Vasiliki. (laughs) Actress Vasiliki... Malieros, who played Father Karras's mother, both passed shortly after filming Wrapped. McGowan of The Flu, only one week after rapping on his character, and oh, wow. Malieros of Natural Causes. Linda Blair's... Linda Blair played Reagan, the okay. little girl. Right, right. Linda Blair's grandfather and actor Max von Sidrow, who played Father Marin, brother... So Linda Blair's grandfather and Max's brother also passed during production. Oh. The son of Mercedes McCambridge who voiced the demon, 
killed his wife and two daughters before taking his own life after being accused of fraud in November of 1987. Holy shit, family annihilator. Various problems plagued the exorcist upon its release. A woman at one screening broke her jaw and sued Warner Brothers. Wait, she should, wait hang on, what? I will explain. First of all, the case was settled out of court. Okay. Another source says it was a man, and it explains how breaking the jaw happened. Okay. Apparently, he fainted and broke his jaw on the seat in front of him. (laughs) Wait, and he blamed Warner Brothers for that? For making a film that made Made him pass pass out. out. Yes. The movie was banned for some time in the UK, and American evangelists believed running the film through a projector would bring about demonic possession. Well, why a projector? Um... I guess the same reason that they think cameras steal souls. Okay. It's like you're instead of stealing the souls, you're projecting the soul? I guess. Okay. Right. Religious zealots sent death threats to Blair because they believed the film glorified Satan, and Blair had bodyguards protecting her for six months after the film's release. Oh, that is She suck. was 12. They're sending death threats to a 12-year-old girl? Yes. She's just an actress! In LA, it was estimated that at every screening of the film, it prompted four blackouts and six cases of vomiting, and many people left the film halfway through. Wow. In New York, several people suffered heart attacks during the film, and it has been claimed that one woman had a miscarriage. During the film. As a result of seeing the film. Whoa. At the time, that film, in in 1973, The Exorcist was like, the most terrifying thing. Yeah. It was the the practical effects were astounding. Mm-hmm. The like it was like the staple of FX makeup. Mm-hmm. It was so gross. The amount of pea soup used on that set, <laughs> I swear. The only part for me as a person that has seen the evolution of film and all of the fucked up things that are in films now, mm-hmm. the only thing that got me to feel like I might vomit was some of the old medical equipment because Reagan goes into the hospital because before they realize she's possessed, they're trying all of the medical options Mm -hmm. and old school MRI used in that drinkable contrast wasn't a thing yet. Okay. So it was a needle straight into the jugular (gasps) and spurting and... That's when I felt like I might vomit. <laughs> oh, that is so gross. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. no so that's you. The Exorcist. No, thank you. Next, The Omen of the 1976. Omen. The Omen is a film about a couple raising a child who may in fact be the son of the devil. Similar to Rosemary's Baby. Similar plot. Okay. Um, it's only natural that there would be some superstitious rumblings around the production, but the making of The Omen was surrounded by genuine tragedy on all sides. Two months before filming started... The star Gregory Peck's son ended his own life. Oh, that's a shame. Later that year... Okay, this shit is crazy. I You had me put it in chronological order, and so oh. I forgot, like, where things were. Okay. I was gonna save some of the crazy shit for last, but oh my god, this is so crazy. Okay. okay. <sighs> Later that year, when Gregory Peck was flying to London to make the movie, his plane was struck by lightning. Whoa. A few weeks later... Executive producer Mace Newfield was flying to London, and his plane was also struck by lightning. Shut up! Screenwriter David Seltzer's plane was also struck by lightning. Oh my god! Peck, at a later time, canceled his reservation for a flight, and he later found out that that flight had crashed and killed everyone on board. (sighs) Holy shit! Uh Uh-huh. Whoa! What? So, (laughs) yeah. 
Lightning plays a part in a lot of these curses, by the way. Really? Just a little foreshadowing. So, like, oh, well, I, we're like four films deep right now. So, there's eleven films in this list. Oh my. Okay. okay. We're on the fifth film. Okay. So, like I said, I cross-referenced a few sources, mm-hmm. and there is some divergence in this fact. For for all the lightning strikes or no for, for this stuff? coming one that I'm okay. about to say. So, okay. like I said, I cross-referenced a few sources. There's some divergence in this one. So, I it was either executive producer Mace Newfield or director Richard Donner. One source said Richard Donner, the other said Mace Newfield. Okay. But it said that the hotel that either was staying at during filming was bombed by the IRA. What? 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 Since some sources say Newfield and some say Donner, I'm just going to choose to believe that they were both staying there until someone corrects me. Okay. Could you, wait, could you remind me who the IRA is? The Yes, I can. The IRA is the... the fuck? It says individual retirement account, but that doesn't seem right. <laughs> the Irish Republican Army. It's a paramilitary political movement in Ireland. Um, a restaurant where a number of the cast and crew were planning to dine was also bombed by the IRA. Oh my god, they're just going after the omens. <laughs> so an animal handler on the site perished in an unlikely incident. One source said that they were eaten alive by a lion. Another source said it was a tiger. Big cat. He was a eaten by cat. a big cat. He was eaten by a big cat. Do you, do you know, like, you don't understand, like, the circumstances, do you? Like, There's a scene with a baboon at a zoo. Right. And it was just one of the animal handlers that was on set. Something something happened. And he got eaten by a big cat. And he got cat. too close to a big cat. A plane hired to do aerial work on the film went down while working on another production, Where's terminating everyone planes? on board. Oh. Eight months after working on the film, special effects... This one's crazy. Okay. okay. <laughs> I need to take a breath. I need... Hydrate. <laughs> Water break. So, eight months after working on the film, special effects consultant and designer John Richardson suffered injuries in a collision in Holland that killed his assistant, Liz Moore, slicing her in half... In almost exactly the same way that a character in the film is decapitated, which Richardson is the special effects consultant and designer and designed that stunt and that clip and that special effects. Holy crap. And that almost happened after. exactly the same way that Richardson had created a scene in which a character in the film Shut was decapitated. Shut the fuck up. The accident occurred on Friday, August 13th. 1976 and a road sign by the incident read omen 66.6 kilometers no shut up no omen is a city in the netherlands no they were in holland shut up no really Mm -hmm. yep what the fuck Uh uh-huh uh-huh oh that's so freaky yeah ew ew So, so like I said, Richardson was in Holland working on the film A Bridge Too Far, along with a colleague from the set of The Omen, stuntman Alf Joint. While performing a standard stunt on A Bridge Too Far, which was jumping off a rooftop onto a large inflatable cushion, he slipped awkwardly and was badly hurt, and he later told his friends that he felt like he had been pushed. No. No. Oh, no. So rumors of the curse of the omen have abounded for years. Director Richard Donner, Newfield, and others associated with the film eventually spoke in interviews about the superstitions. But actor Harvey Stevens, who played young Damien in the movie, and Gregory Peck both refused to speak about the curse for the remainder of their careers. 
Really? Mm-hmm. That's how much it freaked them out, you think? Yeah, I think so. Yike. I, I don't know. I can't imagine that. That's so, super freaky. And that was The Omen. Okay. That was five. Next, we have Apocalypse Now from 1979. Whether Apocalypse Now was cursed or plagued with bad decision-making, worse timing, a mountain of drugs, and an unfortunate series of coincidences is in the eye of the beholder. Wow, that was straight from an article. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> uh, so, suffice it to say, it was such a mess that there's a documentary about it. It's called Hearts of Darkness. And it's famously dubbed better than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Seriously? Uh-huh. <laughs> so the shoot had been called Hell on Earth. And director Francis Ford Coppola has said, little by little, we went insane. Things started going wrong from the get-go. Steve McQueen, Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino, and Robert Redford all turned down the lead role. Then Harvey Keitel was fired shortly after being hired. Martin Sheen stepped in to take the part as his alcoholism spiraled out of control. Oh, he took the job, like, as he was getting real bad. Yeah. The opening sequence in the film, during which Sheen has a drug-induced breakdown, was not staged. He was really losing it. Wow. At one point during filming, Sheen, who suffered a heart attack during filming, told friends in the U.S. The film was in Philippines. They were filming in Philippines. Um, He told his friends in the U.S. that he thought he was going to die. Coppola, meanwhile, had a seizure, partly induced by stress from blaming himself for Sheen's heart condition. Pretty much everyone was high all the time. Dennis Hopper demanded cocaine as part of his payment. And Sam Bottoms was taking speed and LSD the entire time. No wonder this thing was, like, haywire. Like, no one's in their right mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is another thing that is sort of an overarching theme for a couple of these. The crew used real bodies instead of dummies in some scenes. Are are you allowed to? There's no way they're allowed to do that. Listen, in 1979, maybe they weren't. Ew, what? Monsoons destroyed sets that took months to build and months to rebuild after they were destroyed. Because they were in the Philippines and monsoons happened there. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, helicopters would... <laughs> helicopters hired for filming mm-hmm. would zip away to fight guerrilla paramilitary groups in the middle of filming because the country's dictator demanded it. Wait, hang on. So, like, they... Was... They were hired for filming, and if there was... A problem. If there was a guerrilla paramilitary group happening... They had to The go country's flying. dictator demanded that the helicopters go and help with that. Holy shit. So they would just, like, lose filming helicopters in the middle of filming. In the middle of filming. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. Tigers would roam the set late at night. I don't think any ate anybody, though. Not on this one. Not on this one. Not on this one. No big cat incidences in this one? Not on this one. Later. (laughs) You'll hear about more big cat incidents later. Okay. (laughs) I like big cats. Uh, Perhaps a coincidence or a natural result of aging, but the two actors well... The two actors most well-known for doing copious amounts of drugs on the film set, Sam Bottoms and Dennis Hopper, passed within two years of one another, the former of a brain tumor and the latter of cancer. And that was Apocalypse Now. That's crazy. All right, what's the next one? Speaking of big cats. (laughs) Oh, okay. More big cats. Next, we have Roar of 1981. Roar is an exploitation film about volatile wild animals made by people who elected to go whole hog and use actual wild animals. (laughs) Despite bringing some serious problems upon themselves, the filmmakers were so beset by problems, it's hard to believe the film was cursed. Yeah, but it's just such a bad idea, though. In Cursed or not, you're using, like, real big cats. Oh, trust me, you're going to hear a lot of crazy shit. In 2015, Roar was dubbed the most dangerous movie ever made. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the lions used in Roar wreaked havoc. 
One scalped cinematographer, Jan DeBont, ah! who went on to direct Speed. Another bit the star Tippi Hedren on the neck. Oh my god. Um, Hedren, who starred in The Birds, broke a leg and suffered scalp injuries when she was bucked off of an elephant. Ooh. Melanie Griffith was mauled in the face by a lion. Director, writer, and co-star Noel Marshall got gangrene after an attack. An assistant director had his throat ripped open. Jesus. All told, 70 members of the cast and crew were harmed by animals, and hundreds of stitches were sewn. Yeah. Roar took 11 years to finish, during which a massive flood caused $3 million in damages to Marshall's ranch, where the filming was taking place. <laughs> The film was a financial disaster during its European release and didn't appear in theaters in the U.S. until 2015. Reminder. Way later. Filming started in 1981. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, Because no one wanted to distribute it. Many. It's like they brought the shit on themselves. I'm sorry. Like, it's not cursed. It was just a bad idea from the start. They just didn't think it through they, no you don't use real big at least not like a shit ton of mm-hmm. big cats in a film that's just a horrible idea so many of the real unfortunate in- incidences this i i still i'm so shocked by this it's similar to in the exorcist how they kept the original scream yeah a lot of the real unfortunate incidences ended up in the film from roar yeah Making it as much of a documentary of a disaster as it is a film about animal ambushes. Did they get permission to do that? Because that doesn't sound like something that should ever happen. I mean, they had to have gotten permission. I guess so. That's so fucked up. So that was Roar. Okay. Next is Poltergeist 1, 2, and 3. Okay. So Poltergeist 1 came out in 1982. The second came out in 86. And the third came out in 88. I'm liking how a lot of these cursed films are horror films. Yeah. Yeah. It tends to be like it, It's that. just so, it's just so stereotypical. There's a couple of non-horror films, though. Wizard of Oz was our first one, if you, you recall. Talk? That's a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those flying monkeys? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so how's this for a statistic? Four actors who appeared in the Poltergeist film passed within six years of the first movie's release. What? Wait, six being like the devil's number kind of thing. Uh, Dominique Dunn, who played the oldest child, Dana, in the first movie, was strangled by her former boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, in the driveway of her home. She fell into a coma that she never awoke from and died five days later at the age 22. Oh. This happened the same year the film was released. Sweeney was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and only served three and a half years in prison. Only three and a half? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Julian Beck, who played Henry Kane, he's credited in the Cracked article as, quote, the terrifying old man okay. in Poltergeist 2, The Other Side. He passed in 1985 of stomach cancer at age 60. He had been diagnosed before he had accepted the role. Oh, and he still did it. Mm-hmm. Good for him, though. Native American actor Will Sampson, who played Taylor the Medicine Man in Poltergeist 2, passed as a result of post-operative kidney failure and malnutrition in 1987 at age 53. He had reportedly gone to set late at night during filming to perform an exorcism to get rid of the poltergeist curse and died a year after the film was released. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Apparently after he did that, the cast and crew felt a little bit better. So it might have worked for a little bit. Or at least it was like a peace of mind type of thing. Yeah. Heather O'Rourke, who starred as Carol Ann Freeling in all three Poltergeist films, died in 1988 at age 12, just before the third film's release. She was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. So 
During the course of being treated for a disease she didn't have, O'Rourke became ill and suffered cardiac arrest and septic shock. Holy shit, and she was only 12. Her family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Kaiser Permanent Hospital, which treated her for Crohn's rather than the actual condition, a simple bowel obstruction. Are you kidding me? It could have been, like, so easily handled. But they misdiagnosed her with Crohn's disease and all of the treatments. Probably made it worse. The case was settled out of court. For Poltergeist 3, they needed to use a body double for a reshoot of the finale because her untimely death was several months before the release of the film. So they still needed her for some things, but she had died at age 12. (sighs) Oliver Robbins, who plays Robbie Freeling, had a near-fatal accident while filming the scene of the clown attacking him. Due to a malfunction in the prop clown, Robbins was actually being choked. Everyone thought it was just a superb acting job until they realized that he was really being suffocated by a clown prop. Oh my god, yeah, and that should happen to someone that, like, went to our rival high school. They were mm-hmm. doing, it was Jesus Christ Superstar? Yes. Yeah, no, um, it he was, was literally Judas, being... It was the scene where Judas hangs himself. Yeah, he was literally being and hanged. the rigging was too loose, and he was actually... Uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's So fine. you guys know, he's okay, he's but, fine. like, he was literally being choked on stage. Yeah. Um. So Jo Beth Williams, who played Diane Freeling claimed that she returned home from set each day to find pictures on her wall all crooked and fucked with, and then she would straighten them out and come back the next day, only to see them crooked again. Ew. Oh, that's like the cross is turning upside down. That's what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh. hey, here's some more things that we love. There's more big cats. During filming, an air conditioner was struck by lightning and flew into someone's back. Oh, it's more lightning. Oh, and it flew- Wait, what? <laughs> it was struck by lightning and the force of the lightning strike- pushed it through the window and it hit someone in the back. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Also, Richard Lawson, who played Ryan in the first film, was on board a flight that crash landed and was one of 27 out of 50 people who survived. Wow. Good for him, though. Here's another thing that we've heard of before. You may be wondering, if this is a real curse, why? What did the filmmakers do to piss off the spirits? (laughs) Um, They used real human remains as props in the first Poltergeist movie. Not again. Ironic, because the movie is literally about how desecrating the remains of the dead angers their spirits. Weird. It's like uh, they did exactly what they shouldn't do. So the film's producer, our good friend Steven Spielberg, decided to use real skeletons for the muddy pool scene because they were cheaper than using plastic skeletons. How is that cheaper? He also didn't tell any of the actors and they found out years later. That is fucked. (laughs) So that was the Poltergeist films. Okay. Okay. That's great. That was that was lovely. Thank you. Next is a short one, but it's so goddamn crazy. Is there lightning? Yes. Are there big cats? Wait, there's lightning? <laughs> there's not lightning, but there is aerial crashes. Planes. Well, we've got so we've got planes. We've got lightning. We've, we've got, got big cats. We've got human remains. Yeah, man. Okay. More what more planes. could you want? So this is the Twilight Zone the movie. It came out in nineteen eighty three. I've always wanted to see that. Uh, you might not. <laughs> so, oh, okay, I'll take it back for now. During a scene involving heavy explosions, star Vic Morrow and two illegally hired child actors were decapitated and crushed when a low-flying helicopter spun out of control. Shit. So the helicopter was positioned next to an air motor, which blew off the helicopter's tail. It crashed into the river below, crushing one of the children, Renee Shin Yi Chen, 
and severing the heads of Victor Moreau and another child actor, Micah Dinley. Both of those child actors were hired illegally. A year before his death, Moreau had taken out a $5 million life insurance policy after having a premonition that he would die in a helicopter crash. What? Wait, what? He had a premonition that he would die in a helicopter crash. So he took out a $5 million life insurance policy. And a year later, he He got decapitated by a helicopter. The film's concept artist mistakenly included a burnt out helicopter in the middle of the river in one of his sketches, foreshadowing the details of the accident. So an artist who was hired to draw concept art for the film featured a crashed helicopter in that scene. Oh my god, that's so weird. The incident shook the entire film industry and set many safety reforms into motion. Good. So before this, there weren't safety reforms regarding helicopters on set and stuff like that. Uh, Steven Spielberg ended his relationship with the director, John Landis, whose negligence was partially responsible for the deaths. Spielberg is quoted as saying, no movie is worth dying for. But I mean, like, films are worth desecrating graves for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. If I can't afford a plastic skeleton from Target, I will dig up a grave. (laughs) There's a lot around here. (laughs) They're up for grabs, it sounds like. There's so many graveyards around us. Do you want to make a film? It's just a camera on a tripod filming us digging a grave. (laughs) And me complaining about digging a grave the whole time. And then there's just a separate clip of you driving to Target and grabbing a skeleton. (laughs) The behind the scenes of me digging like a three foot hole and putting the skeleton in it. (laughs) You'll never know. Oh, God. Okay, so next up is The Crow of 1994. The Crow. This is the one that I said, there's like one interesting thing. And I was going to have it as an exciting extra. And then I found more. So The Crow starred Brandon Lee, son of legendary martial arts star Bruce Lee, as an anti-hero who was slain by gang members and then rose from the grave to seek revenge. That is the plot. On The Crow's first day of filming... A crew member had to be hospitalized after his crane ran into a power cable and he suffered burns over 90% of his body. Oh, yike. Oh, that's kind of like lightning. Kind of. Yeah. Electricity. Yeah. Whoa. A construction driver drove a screwdriver through his own hand. (laughs) A set sculptor drove his car through the props room and completely destroyed it. Wait, why? What? Was he drunk? I don't know. (laughs) And most of the set was destroyed by a storm. So this is the big one. This is the one that a lot of people know when they hear The Crow. Okay. So the star Brandon Lee. Only eight days before the film was scheduled to wrap on production, Brandon Lee perished after receiving an unintentional shot to the abdomen. They were filming a scene in which his character gets shot at. Uh-huh. And there was a metal tip from a dummy bullet lodged in the prop gun that was fired at him. Oh. That sounds like um, foul play to me, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> While one onset mistake doesn't equate to a curse, some argue that this fate was foretold by Brandon himself. He had a premonition that he would die suddenly, apparently. So Lee also believed that his family was cursed because his grandfather had angered some businessmen. And this is a quote from an article. Um, Because his grandfather had angered some businessmen who were apparently in the business of magical curses. So Lee's father, Bruce, had passed at the age of 32 from acute cerebral edema due to a reaction to compounds present in the drug equagesic. Bruce had also been filming a movie when he passed, 1973's Game of Death. So, like I said, Bruce Lee... I can't say Bruce. Bruce. (sighs) So, like I said, 
Bruce Lee died in 1973 after shooting a film called Game of Death, or actually mm-hmm. while shooting it. Mm-hmm. In the film, he played an actor who was shot after gangsters replace a fake bullet with a live one. And then his son died in a similar way. 20 years later, his son died in a similar way. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, that's weird. So a variety of supernatural causes have been offered for the early demise of father and son. Many of these legends are tied to an early recollection of Bruce's, which he describes as seeing a ghost looking like a black shadow, which held him down and refused to release him. It's said that when Bruce Lee's father passed at the age of 64, Bruce had a premonition that he would only live to half his dad's age, 32, which is the age at which he died. So some have speculated that Bruce and possibly his son were targets of an underground organization. Brandon allegedly believed that there was a curse on his family, which may have been related to an incident when his grandfather became a target for shady Chinese businessmen. Okay. So who were involved in weird curses? Yes. It's so it's this cross between were they targeted by like a hit group or Mm. was it actually a curse with premonitions and stuff? Huh. So that's the crow. I I guess we'll never know. Our final film is 2004 Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. That's a cursed film? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's so weird. Crazy. I just, I literally just mentioned fucking Jesus Christ Superstar too. Mm-hmm. And when we were doing notes, I told you, Jesus is involved. You know, I thought you were just saying that. <laughs> no, Jesus is involved. Okay. So, Mel Gibson's re- retelling of the story of Christ's passing... F- Whoa. <laughs> Fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. So, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ faced numerous challenges while filming, mostly due to the intense violence of the film getting out of hand. Jim... Cavizel, Cav- Cavizel, Jim Cavizel, or Cavizel, who plays Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, suffered numerous injuries during production. He got a lung infection and pneumonia. He Ooh. struggled against hypothermia. What? He suffered painful skin infections from the makeup that they used on him. He dislocated his shoulder while carrying the crucifix. He was struck by lightning. What the fuck? <laughs> Witnesses reported seeing smoke rising from his head. He had several lacerations and a portion of his flesh ripped off while being fake whipped. Ew, wait. He was being legitimately whipped. whipped. Yeah. And he uh, and he was, he was struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. If that's not a smite from God. The film's assistant director, Jan Michelini, was also struck by lightning. Are twice you kidding me? On set. Are you kidding me? So that's three lightning strikes on set. On people. Shit. Yeah, not even on their airplanes. This sounds like like a literal smiting. So John Debney, who wrote the score, called the job the most difficult assignment of his life and claims he closely felt the presence of Satan in his studio while working on the film. That's very strange, considering they're talking about the passion of Christ. Mm -hmm. However, I guess that makes sense in a way, because like... Like, evil men wanted him gone? Mm-hmm. Huh. So the film's release also had some tragedies. So those were all during production. Right. On the movie's opening day, actor Carl Anderson, who played Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar, passed following a prolonged fight with leukemia. That's a shame. The film's Kansas advertising sales manager, Peggy Scott, passed after suffering heart failure during the film's brutal crucifixion scene. Oh, she had, like... She literally had heart failure while watching the crucifixion scene. 
is a hard scene to watch. It's a really hard scene to watch. Okay, so those were cursed movie productions. That is so crazy. There were more on the lists, but I tried to cut it down. I loved that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, and it's nighttime, and a lot I get of to, tragic deaths. I get to go home and think about all those. This could be great. That fun. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, yeah. You're welcome I, for nightmares. All right, well, guys, thanks for listening again. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming back and, you know, learning about random shit, <laughs> as you do. This has been Wonder Binge. You're welcome for any nightmares. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Wonder Binge Pod. You can also find us on Twitter at Wonder Binge Pod. And you can contact us. Email us at Wonder Binge Pod at gmail.com if you have any topics you'd like to hear about or if you have like a topic that maybe you want us to kind of battle about yeah i'm down to fight my friend i will totally fight you on something oh you got really serious suddenly and i'm sad (laughs) (laughs) shoot us a dm shoot us an email thank you everyone and we'll see you next listen we don't have an outro (laughs) fuck off (laughs) (laughs) bye bye